Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives we're consumed by all the what if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun if you're like us then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass or play call each week on alternate routes we'll take a flashpoint in sports break down what actually happened then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused follow alternate routes on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen early and ad free right now by joining wondery plus it's always game day in Buffalo. I've been doing a state of the bills series at our website, WGR550.com. I've run through every offensive position. The last one I did, Matt was tight end and it came on the heels of wide receiver. I, I know the bills need a wide receiver. I get that. I'm not telling you they don't, they should sp- spend an early asset on it in the draft in first round is fine with me, but I'm here to tell you, I would not be surprised if the Buffalo bills draft a tight end at the first round in 2023. I do not see them tipping their toe very heavily in the free agency waters for tight end. But this is a very good tight end draft class. And the way the bills have operated at the position the last few years suggests to me, they have been in search of a tight end who can really make a difference to put defenses in a bind on how they need to play them. I don't disagree with you. And if they do it, then I won't hate it. But I just think I've gone back and forth on it since we've, because uh, I actually heard you and Joe talking about it the other day on the radio, and that kind of got the wheels in motion in my head thinking about if I thought it was a good idea or not. What do you think is more likely, that they draft a running back in the first round or a tight end in the first round? Because I think it's running back. I think it's tight end. See, there you go. Wow. We've got a difference of opinion. That doesn't mean I think that's the better choice. I just think that would be my read on it because I think they could. So if you're saying you, you think it's more likely. So the reason I say that, let me ask if this is why and where are our, where we differ on here. I just think that if you look at the history of the way the bills have treated each position, I think that they're more willing to spend that type of asset on a tight end than they are on a running back. Do you feel differently? I do. I do. I think that the, track record of drafting three running backs early to me means that they value that more than I know that they just gave Gus. What was that? 
was third round early. Dawson Knox was third round. Yeah, but I mean, all the other guys, like they took a flyer on OJ Howard after he was out of his prime. Same thing with Jacob Hollister. Tyler Croft was a he year removed. Those guys a little bit of money. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they traded an asset for Naheem Hines at the trade deadline and they draft like turn game. But yes, that's right. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I, I think that you already have Dawson Knox. Like, do you really need another secondary op? Like, does that take away from Dawson Knox? If you add somebody in the first round, because going back to what we were talking about, about the running backs, how many targets does a first round tight end need to ultimately be worth the asset that you pay? I don't think it's about that necessarily for the tight end, which by the way, could be a counter argument used against me for running back. Cause I just said the same thing, but here, here's why Um, I think the bills really want to run more two tight end sets to put defenses in a bind to, yeah. to create more mismatches. I think that's what they're after. And I think that's why they signed Tyler Croft. That's why they signed Jacob Hollister. That's why they signed OJ Howard and none of them worked out. And I think this year, because of this really good top end of the tight end class, they may think let's finally do it. Let's do it the right way. Let's get this guy. I'll even go a step further. I will tell you the bills to my knowledge and everything I've been told, they would have drafted TJ Hawkinson at nine overall. Had he not gone eight, and then they drafted Al Oliver, number nine. They were willing to do that in the top 10 for a tight end yeah. at the time. Yep. And, you know and, and, and one, one other piece of evidence, Matt, they, they did, they did run a ton of two tight ends last year, but the tight, the extra tight ends name was Bobby Hart. He was an extra lineman. <laughs> I think yeah. they want to do that, but with a guy who can catch Dawson Knox best year was 2021, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Who was their second best tight ends that year? In 2021, I guess it would be Tommy Sweeney. That's what I'm saying. Like he had his most success without anybody else. Do you really need more from the position? I I hear what you're saying. And I think that you can justify that. I just think it's less likely than a running back. And I I think it's of the positions offensively. It is the least likely position that they draft in the first round besides quarterback. Right. Yeah. I I keep going back to the, it's not about the position itself. It is of course, because he plays the position. Yeah. It's about allowing the offense to function the way you want it to, because now you can finally dictate more terms, more, more uh, the terms on your end because of the personnel you're putting out of the field. You can, but you could, yeah, but you could do that. Go ahead. No, but you could do the same thing. If you draft another legitimate wide receiver and then you can go three wide or four wide, like all the time because you have legitimate threats out there. I think your I think your personnel is dictated by the players that you have, or it should be. Correct. I think what the Bills are trying to do though is say, you want it if we put these two tight ends, Dawson Knox and Darnell Washington, who I think right now could be very well the Bills' first round pick, the tight end out of Georgia. He's a freak. So yeah, he's really have, good. Right? Let's say you have him and he could be there when they pick. Um I think what the Bills are after is you have to make as a defense a decision. Do you want to go light and put a an extra corner out there and say, then we're just going to run at you, dude. And you're not going to stop us. Or are you going to say, we're going to put a linebacker because they have another tight end. And then this guy just runs past you. I think that's the kind of thing they're after. I can't think of any teams that have two legitimate threats at tight ends that have had a lot of success. I I know the Patriots tried to do it with Hunter Henry and with John Smith since the Patriots did a while ago, right? Like, yeah, since, yes, exactly. Like in recent memory. And that's not 
like a reason to not do it. If you're getting somebody who you think can make a difference, then you go out and you do it. It really doesn't matter on the position. And that goes back to my argument about like Bijan Robinson. Like if you think he's a difference maker, then you need to do it. And that has been my motto really for like the entire off season up to this point. It's like, just find somebody who can put you over the edge because I don't think last year, and this is not an indictment on Kyrie Elam. Like Kyrie Elam did not have enough opportunities to go out there and be a difference maker and live up to all of the expectations that come with being a first round pick. So I think we're going to see a step forward from him this year. I just want to make sure whoever they draft this year gets that opportunity because I feel like that was an area where they could have done more or they could have gotten more production. This is a super good debate. And I think it might even change after free agency, right? I mean, because we'll see if they go out there and do anything. If they somehow sign a running back trade for a Derrick Henry, like we don't think that's going to happen, but it completely changes this whole position basically that either, either of us would have. So it's a super any, cool debate. Any interesting names out there in the free agent class for tight ends that you think would make sense for the bills? Like, Kasicki is probably the biggest, right? Is it? Yeah, he, but here, here's the difference. Mike Kasicki, they're, they're not going to do no that. No interest in blocking. None whatsoever. No. Yeah. Um, did did Dalton Schultz get tagged? He did not get tagged, I believe. Oh no, he, they tagged Tony Pollard, right? Yeah, but they're going. They, they're confident they're going to sign him. Okay. Um, again, I think they're after like a like more of a freaky kind of guy who can block, who can do everything. Um, even yeah, I don't think so. Are we looking at? Is it, is Robert Tunyon even a guy like that? I don't think so. No, great was released by the Buccaneers. Eh, I think in, in the other part of it, Matt is it is a great, really good, I should say class of tight ends. So I think it's uh-huh. more about the draft and how they, how they want to go about it. So it's a really good debate and we could definitely revisit it. Um, you want to real quick, a combine comes and goes uh-huh. talked about the Leslie Frazier news the day it happened. We recorded. Yeah. Now we know, and I'll tell you, and I'll report, and you could too, that if, if you have that, that I I will tell you that the Bills, Sean McDermott is leaning towards being the play caller. He, he will yeah. most be the play caller. Mm-hmm. Have you thought about that and the ramifications of that and whether you're feeling differently now than you did when this news first dropped? No, I think the one thing that I've kept kind of going back to is that I always felt like somebody was going to fall on the sword and Leslie seems like the only per like it wasn't going to be Sean. It wasn't going to be Brandon. And Ken Dorsey just finished his first year. I don't think the, there have been some people out there who have really kind of been like, yes, no more Leslie Frazier. We can take a step forward. Like, I don't necessarily think that's fair because I think Leslie Frazier was a really good coach and did a lot for the team. But at the same time, I do like the potential and the upside of what Sean McDermott can bring this defense because I do trust him in that space. And I think that that might not be a long-term answer, but in the short term in this year, like let's see what he's got. Like this is your bread and butter prove how smart you are defensively now. And I know at the combine, some people I think talked to Andy Reid and some of the other people who have coached with McDermott and they asked like, how would you describe his mindset and his, you know, defensive play calling style? And they were like very aggressive. And I think that is, you know, something that's really, really exciting for bills fans when they hear that. So, so my opinions really haven't changed a ton. I do like the potential upside though, that comes with McDermott being the guy who's probably going to call plays. Yeah, Ron Rivera used the word aggressive. And aggressive oh, Ron Rivera, not Andy Reid. I'm sorry. Well, it's okay. And aggressive doesn't have to mean blitzing more or a no. lot. It can be. It can also be more man-to-man and 
maybe attacking a certain way, like um, double teaming, you know, your top receiver or taking away, I should say your top receiver or a running back or something like that. So it is going to be very interesting to see uh, how this all plays out, but it looks like Sean McDermott right now has designs on calling plays. And he does have a guy named Al Al Holcomb. He hired to be kind of the overseer, I think of everything while he's in the game and calling plays. So if anybody's thinking about how that will impact him game management, he could still manage the game in a, a certain way if he's got Al Holcomb to lean on and go the other way. Let's uh, let's examine what's gone on in the league and some yep. possible quarterback movement on the heels of the news that you just told us about to start this podcast.